We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. Waiting for the left to jump back in. And therefore, we're going to push Blake Hebert's film evaluation back just a little bit and get into some intel on Justice Scott. It is very important that you understand that I'm really, you know, because the information that I'm giving you is just information. It's really not tied into Notre Dame directly with Justin Scott. Uh, he's in contact. Still speaks with him. Al Washington's doing a great job. Is going to visit him. And um, like I said, I've said this before. If the decision was solely made on who the head coach is of the universities in this top five, Notre Dame would win. That's my personal opinion. But I also think Mario Cristobal has done a fantastic job and has been known as a great national recruiter. But I still think that Marcus Freeman would edge him out. He just visited Michigan, who, by the way, when I first chopped it up with the young man, going back to December, Michigan was the leader. Michigan was the leader. Before that, he went to Georgia. Georgia was clear. We said this. They brought him on what was an epic weekend where you had Athens littered with five stars and four stars at every position, both sides of the ball. It was absolutely bananas, the visitor list that weekend. It was epic. It go it goes back to the visitor list that used to be out in LA over the summer when Pete Carroll was at USC. It it was pretty huge. And Justin Scott after the visit says, "Yo, <laughs> Georgia did that thing, and um, they're at the top with Notre Dame and Miami right now. Michigan." Michigan was the leader because I don't think the other schools were really putting their best foot forward at the time. 
So what Michigan was doing was really just outworking everybody, which is according to the young people I've talked to that play high school football in the class of 25, 24, 25, 26, that's the standard right now. Michigan is coming in and just flat out outworking kids. And then you had the University of Illinois who just put, picked up three commitments in the 24 class from three of the top players in the state of Illinois going yesterday or last night. Huge day for the University of Illinois. So when it comes to the city of Chicago and Illinois, uh, Notre Dame has a dog fight at this point because Michigan and Illinois, Ohio State has come here and gotten big-time players recently. Wisconsin, once again, who has always gotten offensive linemen. Heck, they had Christopher Terrett before he decommitted and joined the Notre Dame 23 class. He was committed to the Wisconsin Badgers. So the Big Ten fight from a recruiting standpoint that Notre Dame is going to have to face moving forward. Um, it's incredible. Illinois makes the top five for Marquise Lightfoot last night with his announcement, along with Ohio State, Alabama, Miami, and other schools. So that's where we sit right now. I think Justice Scott, as he gets ready and prepares to go down to Coral Gables, I believe this is his third time, his third visit. There's a big obstacle for Miami. And I, I've tried to be um, upfront about that. I've said that for the time being. I felt that vibe from people around him. I was told that directly in so many words when I spoke to him several times. And I want to, the reason I saved this actual comment left you back. Just trying to see his left is back. I saved this comment here. Uh, Michael Wu. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Justin Scott went to Georgia, and the story is that all he cared about was NIL. Is that all he cared about, or is that all Georgia talked about? Georgia didn't bring Justin Scott there to talk about academics. They didn't make a presentation with him to talk about accountability. They gave a presentation on his visit about NIL and about winning national championships. So Georgia brings this young man in and their whole presentation is NFL winning in NIL and now Somehow the story is that all Justice Scott cared about was NIL. How does that work? Or maybe all Alabama and Georgia care about at this point is NIL in their presentations. Don't. Because I know how it went. Go ahead, left. Boy, that looks that looks fabulous, left. That the looks ice fabulous, cream bro. truck doesn't come around. Did you catch him? You ran and caught him? Yes, yes, 
Yes. Was it big perm? Was it oh. big perm though? It doesn't. She doesn't come around. Maria doesn't come around. Every so you got time. you got the banana split. You got the banana <laughs> split. Yes. 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 I got it. It's the best ice cream in California. I don't know why. How it's so good, but I had to go. I had to stop and go get it before they took off. Yeah. Sweating a little bit. Mission complete. The best. Bro, you can have. so you got so you don't do the you got the whipped cream, but you don't do the nuts, the peanuts on top, or the See, I, I like it just straight because the ice cream real good, and then the banana. Maybe they got these bananas from Peru, you know, Brazil. They super ripe. I don't, you know. So they know. are they caramelized the bananas, or is it like a fresh banana? Man, it tastes like it's right off the tree, right okay. off the tree. They did, you know, they put the pineapple with the chocolate and the strawberry. So right, 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 right. I'm sorry though, I had to no had to run and get it. I just man, Michael Wu, thanks for jumping in. I just thought the comment was interesting how you know the story could be told that uh that's all Justice Scott wanted to do and talk about. That's all he cared about was NIL. No. He was he was at Georgia. What what else is Georgia's not talking to him about academics, dog? George is not talking to him about four for 40. He might not even have went to the academic building. No, he did not. The entire presentation. The entire presentation. This, this comes from me. Direct source. Right? Visit was dope. Former players back. Surrounded by other great players. In mm-hmm. your own class. Five. Great players like playing with other great players. It's, it's it's a law of attraction. Period. Hey, come look at trophies. Yeah. Look at the trophies. Books, come look at these Heismans. Come look at these championships, these rings, Bro. these conference rings. Bro. Come look at our NFL. NFL wall. NFL wall, we got that. You know, yeah, we got a slide. This is where our graduation area. Little, this, little, this is our graduation rates are yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, because <laughs> our quarterback, we don't need our quarterbacks to graduate. We don't need them to be five stars either. We win without five star quarterbacks. Oh, Kirby. How are, they, how are they hiding the Stetson Bennett factor? He ain't graduating. Yeah. yeah. How are they hiding yeah. that? Yeah. Kirby's probably like, forget who your position coach is. I'm developing you. I came from Mother Saban. Yeah, you coming from, yeah, you coming to me. I'll coach every position. Look, man, so many. We knew how Georgia was going to be attractive and come at Justin Scott. But the fact that they talked NIL had – how is that Justin Scott? Justin Scott, I'm telling you, did not go down there and say, man, what's up with NIL? No. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He just didn't, man. He just didn't. Yes. Because I feel like if that was important, he would have committed a lot earlier, and his top three would be a lot different. Bro, he didn't, man. And it's like, I don't know why we're so sensitive with these kids in NIL, bro. I, I just don't. Especially those that go to other schools besides Notre Dame. How are you mad if somebody chooses NIL and Notre Dame doesn't put it's not even in the game. It's it's because it's a jealousy factor. Right. Because you know what? We're so used to having the one up on everybody else. Oh, we independent. Oh, we making the money on our own. Oh, we, you know, standards four for 40. We bigger than that. Bigger than NIL. We got everything you need. But then the kid goes like, you know what? That duffel bag is pretty lofty. That 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 hundred thousand million dollar nil. Deal. I get what you're saying, Notre Dame, but they get they they give you, you that JG Wentworth. They give you that JG Wentworth. Them Benzes and I, I want my money now. Yeah, we them Benzes and Chargers rolling around campus. I I kind of I kind of want to test drive one of them. You know, CJ CJ Stroud had it nice. He can go in there get the get the Audi, and then if he don't like it, go back and get a, a Lambo truck. Oh, and Notre Dame's like, we are gonna do that, but that's that's what y'all like. That's how y'all get down, and and it turns into a jealousy thing because we know we can do it, but we want to do it our way. Oh, he's not a Notre Dame guy. That's all he's going for. He's just in it for the money. Don't blame the money. Don't blame the money. Because it'd be different if we didn't have the money. He'd be like, okay, we. We, we ain't up like saving in them. But our conversations are different because we're choosing. Yes. See, now, now, now that's a whole different optic. It's one thing yeah. not to have. If we were Cincinnati and we looking at Bama like, they're going to save and He just opened up the floodgates. The alumni going to start throwing all type of cash. And there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, we can do something about it. That's the difference. Yeah. We can do yeah. more. Yeah. You think yeah. Alabama and Georgia stunting? If no, they ain't wanted to stunt. Man, man, we have a real gold vault. Man, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is comfortable. Look, Georgia and Alabama are comfortable being Diddy, 
comfortable being Rick Ross flossing on IG, taking his shirt off, his Versace shirt off, dancing around. Alabama, Georgia are very comfortable doing that. Notre Dame is the billionaire you walk by with the khakis, the Hawaiian shirt, and the jacked-up shoes, and you have no clue. You have no clue that he's uh, even. Don't <coughs> slip it because that, that, that Hawaiian shirt is Tommy Bahama. Oh, absolutely. And Tommy Bahama ain't no cheap shirt. But from a from a style culture standpoint, the first thing you say is that's whack. Oh yeah, oh that's whack. you're not you're not even thinking that's top of the line. Oh, no. Hawaiian shirt. You're just saying, yo, from the culture standpoint, that's whack. And culturally speaking, in college football, there are a lot them there are no there are players that are five stars that look at Notre Dame and feel like that's whack. Look at look at USC's uh, walk to the game. Yeah, I think that's the 2023 GQ fashion show. The oversized, big-ass pants that be six different colors with the Mm. rock star jacket and some crazy glasses. And you go over Notre Dame, what we got? Yeah. Student tie, you know, the khakis, the polo, loafers. You know, them kids at uh, USC in Florida got the spikes in the shoes. I don't even know what you call those. Right. (laughs) You know, them look fancy. Big yeah. ass shoelace shoes. What's the called? The big ass shoelace shoes. Yeah. I mean, them them brothers be brothers be nil out. Yeah, big old yeah. luggage. I don't even know what they're carrying in the, the, the shoulder pads and the in the Louis <laughs> luggage. They don't even put nothing in there. Your dirty drawers from college, right? Right. In the duffel, right? Well, who they fooling? But hey, listen, right. Notre Dame would never see that would change a lot right there if we. Ben, ben, ben Morris had come out with a Benji chain, big old, big old. Let me, uh, see, uh, big old and the difference. Oh. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the difference. Like you can go into college football locker rooms all around the campuses and follow college football players around, and you'll see, you know, authentic Balenciagas. You'll see authentic Versace. You'll see, you know, some of the pout the Louis V pouches, some of the Gucci pouches. Some of the YSL pouches, you'll definitely see the YSL Gucci Louis Vuitton belt buckles. You'll see all of that. Cats being fresh to death, for sure. <laughs> but it's hard on the Notre Dame campus with the whip to stand out. Because there's some students on that Notre Dame campus that's got some whips. Some whip whips. Now, if you go to a public school, like a Georgia, Alabama, more than likely the Alabama football players are going to stand out a little bit more. Shout out to K-Mac. Yeah, the Gucci shades. Yeah. The shades. Like, you, go to, you go to a public school. Look, I was in Illinois. They that the athletes. Fresh. Navigators, expeditions. This is when navigators first hit. Like LeBron with the Hummers. When they yes. Hummers for just hot. No, just hot. See, when Notre Dame got a glimpse of culture and swag and, and coolness, it was Skylar Diggins. Mm. When it was cool, it was, but it was a girl, though, so it was a little different. But Skylar Diggins had Drake and Wayne yeah, and, yeah. And, and big time. Chris yeah. Brown at the game court side. She was fresh. She always had a couple deals on her, you know? Yeah. 
And when Notre Dame looked cool, Notre Dame was everywhere. We yes. we made it to the ESPYs. You know, Drake rocking the Skyler jersey. That's legendary. <laughs> yes. That's legendary. That's culture. What if we had Ye rocking a, a, a Notre Dame green jersey? You know, Kanye uh, some, uh, some rocking a, a Notre, Notre Dame fan. He's an Ian Buckner fan or something. See, Georgia got it easy because you got Quavo. You know, Quavo going to show up to the game. And, oh, my God, it's Quavo from the Migos. So that's easy slam dunk. You know, Coach, Coach Kirby calling calling uh, 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 Andre 3000. Just come on to the game, Quavo. Future, you know, all the in the land. Metro booming. Come on to the game. We got the culture in it. It's here. Oh, y'all want to go over to Peachtree? You know, Peachy get some, get some wings. We got that. We got that. So it's so you know Georgia is very intricate and in, in, in a, they they jam packed with a lot of cool stuff that's culture, you know, for us. But now you know, go to Notre Dame. Who we calling? You know who who, who Marcus Freeman got? He got to call somebody in state. The only <laughs> what's the what's the culture? Marcus Freeman gonna have show to the locker room at Notre Dame. You know, it, it can't be the 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 all time greatest. You know, whatever. It's gotta be somebody right now. You know, bring a little Uzi to the Notre Dame or something. You know, <laughs> that's that's a start. I just think we just we just too stuck to the the khaki and polo culture, and it's just not cool for the sports football world. You know, it's just not cool for the sports football world right now. Now, we can win that way, and we be consistent. It's our, it's our little niche, but in order for us to take that next step, not that we got to do everything everybody else is doing, but find a way to get that perspective a little bit more juiced up. Because we got, it's like, remember, these are choices we are making to be in the position we're in. Nothing is stopping us from getting those national championships other than ourselves. Other than ourselves, these teams are enjoying the fruits of the labor they have to stress and press for. You got Nick Saban up there, national championship coach up there at the alumni saying, please throw some more money at us, please, because we got to compete. We got to keep up with the up and up. Ohio State, Ryan Day tells you it's 300000 for a five-star quarterback. 300000 he got to stress the administration and the alumni and the donors. I need 300000 for the next C.J. Stroud. Justin, I need 300000 Stressed and pressed over the money. Stressed and pressed the alumni base. But what do we do at Notre Dame? Marcus Freeman ain't calling for no duffels to be rounded up for these recruits. We're not stressed and pressed over these over, over these deals because we we, we waiting and seeing how to how to play the field because we know it's not gonna last long, which I think is a good approach. Maybe we don't have to change much, but then it goes back into the territory of if we win this way and we get a championship off with no NIL, we get a championship off with no uh succumbing to the uh uh the 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 fan pressure of administration and letting kids in missions and, and, and moving the, the goalposts on that missions. If we win the way that we set up now, it's going to be tough 
to ever cross that bridge of getting those NIL. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So it's a peculiar situation that I wouldn't want to be Jack having to take that on. The potential of winning a championship the way we do, we've been doing it in the midst of how college football is evolving. See, that's different. That's different. So I do think Pete Provacqua has a great opportunity on his hands that he has some great people in-house already that can hold the ship up until we steer it in the right path. Because right now I think Notre Dame is a very uh, transitionatory part of history where are we going to be on the right side or be on the wrong side of history and where this thing is going. We've been trying to play the middle. We haven't totally succumbed to throwing out the duffels because it can't get unfair. Trust me, we can get the 25 stars with the, the duffels and all the uh, amenities you want. I mean, you look at Notre Dame right now, look across Eddie Street, it's like a whole utopia. It's like a whole utopia. A whole nother lifestyle off campus. You thought the dorms was, you know, that's summer camp vibes. But you go across the street, you it's no different than down the street in California. Nice establishments and buildings. So when it comes to that, I'm I'm very encouraged that changing the narrative is something that's going to come through winning, but also uh, with the new administration change, something that Marcus Freeman can can look as a beacon of hope that, hey, maybe they will pick up the phone and, and, and we can talk about some things because I got some leverage. I'm not under a, a guy that's been at this at this uh, power position for 10 plus years, you know, moving and shaking things. He probably thinks he knows best. I got a guy that's kind of brand new. I, I know the lay of the land. Maybe I can get him under my shoulder. We can get some things going and really turn this thing around in a fast pace and move the championship up from potential three years to two years or maybe next year. You know, so I do think Marcus Freeman is playing in a very, very good space, very complicated space. You know, you're asking a lot more than, you know, you're probably – they're setting an the expectation that there's no way you can accomplish this if you're Marcus Free. In my opinion, that's how he's feeling. He's at the position where he's like, they gave me all this with a bunch of resources saying, okay, see if you can do this. Now, many men can't. Many men can't pull the, 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 the sword out of the rock like King Arthur. That's the task that Marcus Freeman has in front of him. They're like, oh, this is not an easy task in 35 years since we got one of them things. So for Marcus Freeman to be a first-year guy, a, a, a first-year head coach at Notre Dame to be able to be the King Arthur and pull the sword out of the rock, that's deserving of a statue. That's deserving of a statue. Brian Kelly couldn't even pull it. Now he he done chipped the rock, broke the rock down, got the rock in the little baggies. <laughs> like Captain America, like after he's Captain America in game. Holding Thor's hammer. He holds Thor's hammer. You know what I mean? But just couldn't get it done. Marcus Freeman's got that rare opportunity where it's it's been wiggled out enough. Yeah. yeah. It's been wiggled out to where he could be like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and just mm, one good tug. One good year. That's just one good. Coach Kelly's been doing this and it's been, you know. So this is Sid Irish as always. He said, I don't want Indy to be Gotti, but I don't want them to be Kmart either. That's the thing. Notre Dame's not Kmart, though. Yeah. It's like, Notre Dame's not Kmart. Like, they spend. They, the swag is just not 
It's just not the same. We just not as cool. It's just yeah, it's, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. And the you coolness know, came. The coolness came because of Marcus Freeman. The cool, like literally, if these kids would choose the schools based upon the head coach and the head coach only, I believe Notre Dame will scoop up. Look, Caleb Beasley is visiting Notre Dame and still Notre Dame still in the hunt because of Marcus Freeman. And Mike Mickens has done an incredible job recruiting DBs. But for the five-star, he's a trap man. He has, he has openly spoken about Marcus Freeman and loving Marcus Freeman and would love to play for Marcus Freeman. So you're right. Sorry, I had to step out left. Uh, baby girl texted me and said she needed to talk to me. So I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, it's, it's yeah, you see, you see those words as a parent. It's like, oh boy, and, and per usual, I I went somewhere that it had nothing. To, I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, cool. Like, it let me like that. Yeah, you just you instantly, oh, what's what happened? Let me right, figure it out. absolutely. So, lucky lucky podcast, but Justin Scott will go to Coral Gables. He will visit Miami this weekend, right? His previous two visits were absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Loves Athens. Loves Georgia and what they present on the other, other scale. Like, how can you not love the trophies, the draft picks, the NIL, the facilities, the South, like, the girls? How can you not love everything that was presented to you? Justin Scott didn't go down there knowing where he was going when he got on campus. No. no. This is how they presented the program to Justin Scott, along with the other great players that happened to be there the weekend of June Notre 2nd. Dame is like, a, it's like a real treasure chest. You just got to find the greatness as you on campus. Oh, they got this. Oh, this can help me. Oh, I just found yeah. something else that can, I didn't even know. Yeah. George is like, this is everything we have. Take it or leave it. We give you the, we give you a hundred. As soon as you see everything, everything's here. Yeah. Take like it's all in front of you. It's all in open. Yeah. Notre Dame is like, yeah, we got some stuff, but if you get close with a couple guys over here, you might find something that might behoove you in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah. You gotta go look. You gotta it's yeah. like it's like an adventure. You gotta go find it. Now it ain't just gonna be given to you. Yeah. So it's just a it's just a different feel, you know. And I will say this as he goes down to Coral Gables for the third time, uh, there is severe look. They recognize the distance and they recognize his mother as being a very, and you can put all caps or very significant roadblock to Justin Scott eventually signing on signing day. I didn't say Justin Scott couldn't come out of the visit and decide to commit over the summer. But there's a hurdle to making it this national signing day when mama wants you close to home, prefers the Midwest schools, prefers Marcus Freeman. Like, hey, we the number one school in moms. So hey, that's a hard that's a huge, that that's a huge hurdle. Right, we, know we, we personally in the 23 class interviewed a kid 
whose first offer came from Notre Dame. He was a Chicago kid, loved Notre Dame, had a great relationship with the wide receiver coach. Previous, new wide receiver coach comes in, and he had to convince his mom to even drive 70 miles, take a day off work, drive 70 miles to go meet the new wide receiver coach because she wasn't going to talk to Brian Kelly or the previous wide receiver coach. Notre Dame was out. Yeah, They were done with Carnell Tate. But Carnell Tate liked Notre Dame. But his mom was like, no. No. And he finally convinced his mother to take the trip. The trip went well. She definitely liked Marcus Freeman a whole lot better than she liked Brian Kelly. But by that time, she had an established relationship with the wide receiver coach, who's a hell of a recruiter at Ohio State. He had already worked his match on her. And Josh Heupel and the wide receiver coach at Tennessee were coming on strong. So Notre Dame was playing catch up. And even though the visit went great and moms liked the coaching staff better than the previous coaching staff, all it took was one, because she was already saying no to Notre Dame. She went to Notre Dame for her baby because he asked her to go, right? Your baby says, mom, please do it for me. What are you going to do? You're going to take the day off and take the trip. But at the end of the day in her heart, she didn't want him to go to Notre Dame. She didn't. She just didn't. Just did. No. So she was waiting for any excuse, any reason, and she found it. Days later in a phone call with one of the coaches, she found everything she needed to say, we done with them. Don't talk to me about them no more. I don't care if you like them. They're done. And that was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. So these mothers are uh, like it was just I'll, I'll point this out. It was interesting seeing Paul Minky Jr. when he visited you know take pictures and everything you know, by himself or with other recruits. All of a sudden he takes a trip to Duke Mama is all up in the video, uh, videos and pictures on IG, taking pictures with him in uniform and stuff. Two, and then days later, he commits to Duke. The mamas are powerful, man. They're recruiting. That's all I have. The mamas are powerful. Yeah. And with this mother, the University of Miami, I don't care who has the crystal ball. You can't factor that mama into that crystal ball. We've seen mothers on National Signing Day look at kids crazy when they pick up a certain hat. Yeah. Like, what? Like, uh, Landon Collins' mom. Like, you go up now. Landon Collins ultimately made the right decision. Oh, yeah. Landon Collins knew what he, he made the right decision. But there's some other kids, and mothers are like, you, I'm not signing that. I'm not signing that letter of intent. So selfish. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Originally, she wasn't. Uh, she, Wap Originally, she pegged Brian Kelly for who he was. When she met Brian Kelly, all he talked was football. Never mentioned anything about Carnell. He couldn't mention anything about Carnell because he had never had a conversation with Carnell. So ultimately, Brian Kelly didn't give a darn to her. Didn't give a darn about her son. And I 100% understand how she would come. She didn't care. She was not a Brian Kelly fan. That's why when Carnell took that late, uh, that late trip down to LSU because Dante was there, man, we knew Carnell wasn't going to LSU. And he went on that trip. No. Nah. And then Dale Alexander was just icing on the cake. I mean. Which is not going to get you to the finish line. <laughs> nah. No, I wish he could have been a buffer for that situation, but nah. So he'll go, and but in doing so, I'm telling you, I got this fresh off the grill. They tried to get a prominent player, a former Hurricane, from to come down to this to the visit this weekend, not to talk to Justice Scott but to talk to his mom. They know it's an obstacle. They know. And Justice Scott can love Miami all he wants to. What's not the love? Says you can't love winning right now because they're not winning. You can't love the NFL thing right now because, I mean, they put a few people in, but it is what it is. At this point, left, you just have to feel like, yo, this Cat Mario Cristobal, man, I love this dude. It's Marcus Freeman, and then it's him. Like, I would love playing. And then it's like, oh, snap. Wait a minute, Alonzo Highsmith? Man, Alonzo Highsmith from the U is part of the staff and is lead recruiter, director of recruiting? And wait, whoa, my – Jason Taylor, the Hall of Famer, is my position coach. Yo, that look left. That's pretty. Hey, that's pretty attractive, bro. That's pretty attractive for a young defensive lineman. Notre Dame doesn't have that, and you can't be mad because Notre Dame has some things going for itself that Miami doesn't have. Yeah, definitely well, makes recruiting hard, man. You got these decisions between two options. You can go either way on, you know. Yeah, man. So, yo, I did not go to get ice cream. I saw it in the chat. Like I said, I had to talk to baby girl. And, Paulo, I saw your question about California. I don't know. The only ice cream spot that I go to is at the farmer's market. Um, and they have this strawberry chocolate chip that I'm a fan of. It's absolutely amazing. It's a great combination. But they only have it during a certain season. It's a fantastic combination. And it happens to be next to like one of the best donut spots in LA as well, out there at the farmers market. So 
as far as finding some black walnut that you can find at any Baskin Robbins in the city of Chicago, <laughs> fully stocked. I don't know, my man. You might have to drive up into Compton or some some other area to find that if you can't find that at a Ralph's or a Walmart out there. You definitely would have to go to our neighborhood to find some black walnut. Definitely. But he'll go down there. Unfortunately, the individual they were trying to get to come talk to him, schedule conflicts, not going to be able to make it. And um, I'm sure they're going to try and get some other options. But this trip, this official visit for Miami is all about it's all about the mama. It's all about the mama. That's it. That's the intel. Like I said, it wasn't about Notre Dame and him directly, but hey, that's what's going on with him and his two previous visits to Michigan and Georgia, and that's what's going on with him coming up this weekend as he goes to Coral Gables for the third time. Like, hey, you know, so the, this fear, that's why people ask me, like, why having you like flipped like everybody else. But first of all, because I talked to the young man, have been talking to him for a long time. I take him at his word. And then I understand the power of mamas in recruiting, bro. I just yeah, do. Bro, for sure. It can, go, so it can go left real fast. You can crystal ball whatever you want. Better have that mama on that lock. Yeah, that coaching staff, they might be beloved by the player. But that mama was like, nah, I ain't yeah, feeling, nah. I ain't, I'm not feeling him. Not doing it. I'm not feeling him at all. Because the mama was feeling the Michigan staff originally. Yeah. Loves Marcus Freeman. Mm. Really hasn't uh, been sold on the U yet. Yeah. You know? And let me tell you, I, well, I, certain information I can't let loose, I have to tell left this off camera. But it is what it is. But the things that, this is the thing, Miami is doing what they know they have to do. Right. To stay in the race. They have to be over the top. So it gives the appearance that they're in the lead. They have the momentum. No, they're doing what they have to do to even be relevant next to Notre Dame. Yeah. But for them to even be next to Notre Dame in Georgia at this point in time, no. They have to do what they have to do. 
Someone in the chat, I forget who it was, asked, is it even worth recruiting California for Notre Dame? Yeah, we got we we always get some attention. We just got clothes better, but Chancey Stucky out there working, out here working. Got Rico Flores, you know, he's putting some some guys together out here. Uh-huh. So and that's the point. Like it's like I I don't man. I think people overreact, dude. And people overreact because they just flat out think any kid that has a five star, all they're about is NIL. But right. the school, the schools with the NIL are sweating his mom. Just think about that. The school who's in whose biggest pitch up front, because they can't pitch winning. They can pitch old history. Heck, Notre Dame can pitch old history. They can't pitch winning. All they can pitch is NIL, weather, and the future. So they got NIL up front. And the mama is an obstacle. They're trying really hard to crack. Yeah. You know, but... The biggest thing for Justice Scott is NIL. Yeah. Let's stop it's believing crazy. all that crap. And stop believing the crap because of your scars from Notre Dame and NIL. Right. Like don't get mad. Don't put your hurt from Notre Dame and NIL on this kid and his recruitment. Or any other kid and his recruitment. I'm I'm real logical. I follow the tea leaves, bro. That's it. Follow the tea leaves. Follow the tea. Follow the tea leaves. That's it. That's all you have to do. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So that's a little intel for you, man. That was a lot of intel for you. Yeah, straight up. And left got up and we got some ice cream. You couldn't miss the truck. And broke it down. <laughs> Let's get to uh, Blake Hebert left. And see what you think about this 2025 quarterback that seems to have Notre Dame at the top of his list. And uh, that's with Deuce Knight already having an offer in tow for Notre Dame or from Notre Dame. Sorry about that video there. This is sophomore film, 6'4, 210 pounds. Good size, like it already. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's just hitting, hitting open guys. Can I, can I say something that says more about Gino Gadouli than it does Blake Ebert right now? He like he like those size quarterbacks. He, he likes, likes big quarterbacks. quarterbacks. I love that already. No more the 5'10", 5'11", 6'. 
He wants his quarterbacks to be 6'4", 6'5". I love that. He seems to have a pretty good touch left, especially on the deep ball. Yeah, I mean, you know. Left, you got to get over the fact that he ain't deuce. No, it's just <laughs> how many go routes you want to see. I feel like I'm watching the same play over and over. And, yeah, uh, it is definitely not Kenny Mitchie's film where you see different routes, adjustment of touch based upon the route and the coverage. I get it. That's some athleticism right there for you. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that he's big. So the fact that he's big, he can move around a little bit. I mean, you know, he's putting swing passes on there. <laughs> Notre Dame has struggled with the swing pass with with his quarterbacks, though. Bro. I mean, you know, sometimes <laughs> I think that uh, we can make – I just like the fact that we get in size with guys that can move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the offensive guys that we have that were surrounding, maybe we could look like this, just yeah. throwing go routes yeah. and, and bubbles all day. So, Are you saying that Gino and his vision is connected to possibly Jared Parker and what he envisions for this offense in the future? If it's just, you know, bigger guys like a Desmond Ritter, I feel like that's more the in line of what they want to get to. Uh, crafty dude is big make all the right reads, you know, have some, some running the capability to them. But, you know, hey, listen, I like the fact that he's a bigger prospect than what we've been recruiting before. Deuce Knight is up there with the bigger prospects, and that's that spells for a bigger team, which is, is very comparable when you're looking at the Alabamas and Georgias who are huge. Uh-huh. Having a huge quarterback would be a good equalizer from a intimidation stature. I mean, he does some. I mean, look, let me tell you something. Deuce Knight is the pinnacle of the quarterback class in 2025 for Notre Dame. He just is. He's the pinnacle. This kid visited Notre Dame, got the offer, and decided I'm making an announcement. Now, one can only imagine with Notre Dame being the latest visit that he would go ahead and pull the trigger and say, I'm coming to Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, left, left. Are you cool with that? Are you cool with that if Notre Dame stays on Deuce Knight? And are you cool with that with Deuce Knight still being out there, taking the commitment and kind of giving up on Deuce Knight? Like, how would you view it? Well, I mean, from a archetype you're still getting the same kind of size they're probably pretty comparable same in terms of like throwing the football neither one of them is like a super gifted but talented score deuce, deuce is really raw rip man yeah so it's like you know eat both of them are project type of guys that i mean we'll be we'll still win our consistent games but i don't see a life changer in, in either one of them, even though I would like both of them. Hell, if we can just get a more competitive room, that's great. But nothing special about either one that I would take either one over the other. Uh-huh. I think if you get either one of these guys, you, you're you in a pretty good spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know. But 
overall, I think Gino Gadouli and Jared Parker are on the same page of the type of QB they've had and had success with, and that fits more of long with the Desmond Ritter yes. category. And both of these guys, Deuce Wright and this kid, are look like Desmond Ritter type of guys that with the offense that we provide, you know, you can be effective. Am I saying that, you know, with a bunch of wins behind that and you play pretty decently, you can you can be in the conversation for a first round hype because you got the size. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. So this is a, a project that we could potentially have a, a top round guy because of his size and then match that with a bunch of wins and some some players around him. You know, we can project a guy, maybe not to New York, but to definitely yeah. first, second round. Once again, Blake Hebert recently visited Notre Dame, Central Catholic, Lawrence, Massachusetts, class 2025, 6'4", 210 pounds. Uh, he's a composite four-star, according to 247 Sports. And he has been connected to Clemson. And Garrett Riley has been all over him, even going back to his time at his previous job. So either this is just, you know, Notre Dame didn't do enough, and he ends up, yo, he's he's the Clemson type, right? Clemson wants the six four kids, the big, the big quarterbacks. That's what they like. Notre Dame has not had that, and it seems like Gino Gadugli and also our guy Jared Parker are pivoting Notre Dame into that direction. That's why we talked about pivoting today. It seems like they're pivoting the quarterback direct court quarterback room in a certain direction with they already have CJ Carr. CJ Carr is about what six two, six three? He's a little taller than I expected. He's definitely yeah. like six three, six four, I feel like tall. And then Blake Hebert and and Deuce Knight. I saw Deuce Knight in person, bro. He's, he's every big. yo, he's every bit. Big every like bit of six. Oh man. He's every bit of 6'5". Every bit of 6'5", 6'6". Because Gino himself is like 6'3". He's a big big quarterback. And Gino was like all day as Deuce Knight stood next to him. He was constantly looking up. So, man, we'll see. We'll see. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, Great show today. Had a great conversation that first half. Just talk about pivoting and you know, Marcus Freeman trying to use his voice. And, you know, he took one for the team. And, yo, we'll see. We'll see if things will change in admissions and then spending for Notre Dame to give them a better shot in the CFB landscape. Chat was lit as always. Great conversation. We got left going to the ice cream truck with the fire banana split, strawberry and chocolate. Man, I think Baskin Robbins is closed. So even if I'm inspired, I don't think I can do anything about it until sometime this weekend, probably. I have to space out my ice cream. I have to space it out. That's right. I have to do it like weekends and stuff like that. And then we gave you just a little bit of intel on Justice Scott that ended up being a little bit more. And then we broke down the film on Blake Hebert, quarterback, Lawrence, Massachusetts from Central Catholic, who announced that he's ready to make his decision later on this week. Clemson, Notre Dame, Boston College, 
long time lean towards Clemson early in his recruitment. But we'll see if Notre Dame was able to make up some some ground and get it done. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. Great show, Left. Oh, by the way, Left, didn't I tell you five games? This is serious. Didn't I tell you five games? I was laughing. I was laughing last night at halftime. I was laughing. I said the NBA just made money on all the fools that took Denver in the first half. All the fools that thought Denver was going to walk in and blow Miami out, they just made a mint off the people that played the first half. And I turned to my wife and I said, watch how quick Denver ties the game up. Yeah, it's like nothing. nothing Dude. It was like four, three minutes into the second half. Here comes Denver. It's the time. Because everybody was hot. Like they just anybody touched the ball, they was making it. It was just like y'all can't. Yeah. Nothing y'all can do with that. Yeah, man. You know what time it is, left. Petticoat. Petticoat. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. You went to the ice cream truck left, and Mac 10 gave us a super chat, and I noticed that he had a cigar and Anora Whiskey as his avatar. And he said that he was able to get it at Total Wine and Spirits in the ATL. That's right. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, we're doing it different. We're trying to get global, but it's the first step, so... You know, if you find that lucky uh, total wines and spirits, you know, it might be a couple more out there. You find that hidden Anora bottle, but we're going to get it bigger real soon. Left, can I put Justin Jones from the uh, Chicago Bears on the petty train, Left? Today was the first day of mini camp, and uh, this young man who, you know, he, he was feeling himself. He was feeling himself. This is him talking to the media, defensive tackle Justin Jones, just going at the Packers and Packers fans. Going to be now that Aaron Rodgers is somewhere else. Uh, I wish he played one more year with uh, Green Bay. Honestly, uh, <clears throat> we went up there and uh, we played a we played a pretty good game, you know. But uh, they got away from us at the end, obviously, and uh, they won. But their fans are really shitty, so. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to go back up there, and I wanted to play him, and I wanted to beat them, and I wanted him to be there so you can see it. But the fact that he's gone now, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. I guess it's better for him not to be here, you know. But um, but yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'm ready to take it over. I mean, it's a good time to be a Bears fan. I'm not even gonna lie to you. So this is a follow up question. I never thought I'd ask. In which ways are they shitty? Man, like, <laughs> I mean, man, like just just the way that they're just freaking obnoxious, just yelling and all that other stuff about things that don't even matter. 
Like we're not even running, we're not even running the play. You guys are talking about boo. Oh yeah, go. Like what, what are we even talking? The game hasn't even started yet. Like what are we even talking about here? Like you know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them don't even know football. It's it's it's, it's so weird to me. But I'm just ready to go back out there and play. And I, I want to go out there and I want to beat the hell out of them. You know, on their field. And I want to hear I want to hear the boos then. You know that that's what I look forward to. So the, the best. I'm sorry. Justin, you need to relax. The only reason you're that bold is because 12 is no longer in that uniform. You talk about how much you want to go back up there and you want to beat him. You haven't done it. The Bears organization has not done it. And if he was there, you were going to have problems beating them again. So hush your mouth and just do it. See, I don't like guys just running their mouth then the fans of this, the fans of that. They're supposed to treat you nice? You're the biggest rival. Why would they talk to you nicely, regardless of whether or not you're on the sideline or running the play? What are you talking about? This is the NFL. It's the NFL. What are we doing? Yo, it, yo. Man. I, I was totally disappointed. At first, I was like, okay, I see he's going to Aaron, you know, talking that stuff for the team. Like, yo, we go up there and dominate. They got away from us late in the game, even though we played a good game. And then all of a sudden, yo, it was crazy. I've never seen anything like I want to go to sports radio, finally, for the last entry to the petty tray. And I'm going to enter a host from, her name is Danielle McCartan from The Fan. And I'll tell you, I'll let you, let you listen to this rant. It's about two minutes. A caller calls in explains himself, explains the situation going on with the New York Mets, and this ensues. Go to Ralph in Lakewood, New Jersey. You're up here, Ralph. Hi, Danielle. I'm sorry what's going on is pathetic, okay? Because when the, when the Mets signed Scherzer and signed Verlander, every single radio host was psyched, okay? Me too, All yes. of a sudden, now that they're not performing, we expect the general managers to be profits and to know what's going on. They sat there at the time, they studied it, and they made a decision that this pitcher is, is the best move to sign right now. Mm-hmm. If the pitchers are not performing, it's not on the general managers. They're not profits. Let's say right now, let's say in the NBA, this guy, Ben Bayama, is a bust. Are you going to say, oh, the Spurs general manager is a disaster? No, the guy didn't perform. Like, it's so easy to be a talk show host looking back at what's going on and rip them. If J.D. Martinez would be doing horrible now, you wouldn't have said, oh, the Mets should have signed him. It's only because he's doing good. You could sit there and say, oh, the Mets should have signed him. What are you bringing to the radio right now? You're looking at stats and yelling what they should have done, what they're not profits. It's 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 pathetic, Danielle. Come yeah. on. He made it. You were psyched when the Mets signed Scherzer. You were psyched. You were going crazy. 
is going to be a bust. Profits, all of a sudden, general managers are supposed to know the future. Let me give the guy some slack. Trust me, I'm a Yankee fan. I love oh, that the Mets are crashing and burning. But I can't hear it. I can't hear it, Danielle. You, you, you ready, Ralph, for the response? I'm ready. I'm ready. Then my question to you is how, at the time, could I have projected J.D. Martinez to be a valuable piece of a lineup and the Mets, with all of their information, did not? And Billy Epler, with all of his, his information, did not? What do you mean? You wanted J.D. Martinez? Yeah, Ralph, I did, yeah. He was my number one target, uh, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, great, great. So you were right over there. Fine, very good. So what do I bring to the radio here, Ralph? I bring actually, like, you know, analysis. I don't bring any fandom to the radio. I've got a lot of good qualities, if you yeah, haven't noticed. I'm not saying you're bad, but you're looking – fine, J.D. Martinez is your guy. So yes. Billy Epler didn't sign J.D. Martinez. Yes, fine. that's a problem. You know, one nothing yours. No, Ralph, Ralph, here's but, the problem. Right now, J.D. Martinez would have the second most home runs on this team, only behind Alonzo. And right now, J.D. Martinez would be tied for the second best batting average on that team with McNeil. That's a huge help for a team that doesn't get any production out of a designated hitter. But you don't know what J.D. Martinez would have been doing on the Mets. You have no idea. You have no idea what would have happened on the Mets. Just because he's on a different team doing better, maybe you would have got hit by a pitch day one. You have no idea. It's so easy to play this game of what would have or should have. I could also be a radio host. I'll go in there. I'll look at all the stats and say, he should have done this, should have done that. Fire him. I mean, come on. The guy's a hardworking man. He's doing his due diligence. And, and the, the players are not performing. Ralph, come on, Danielle. Ralph, I, 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 I guess, I guess you're, you must be related to Billy Epler in some way, shape, or form. I, I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't met a single person who wants to defend this guy like this. This team is a freaking dumpster fire, and you're defending him? Of course. I'm not defending him. Yes, you are. You're not, you're not coming with content. When oh, you're Ralph. Oh, you're Ralph. Listening. You know what, Ralph? I'm not coming with content. Are you freaking kidding me? I come with content every goddamn week there, Ralph. You're a joke there, Ralph. That's a joke there, Ralph, right? No one does more homework than me on this radio station. I dare you to go find someone. Ridiculous. I'm bringing nothing to the radio station there, Ralph. Come on. Yes, I was excited for sure. Hey, yes, I was there for Verlander. And I said it's not just Billy Epler. Hey, Ralphie boy. You go around all of them. When you're 1A and when you're 1B, don't perform or don't take the field every fifth day. That's a problem. But when your, your owner says that you should be looking at past production and how that should help you fuel the future, that's wrong. Where is the, the variable for father time? That's what they should be trying to figure out. Should have got J.D. Martinez. They should have. I said it when it was available, when he was available still. Every week I was updating my list. Every week. Every week. It's not revisionist history. No. What do I bring to the radio? Really? What do I bring? I don't know. Intelligence. Logic. Problem-solving abilities. You want to do it here, Ralph? Go for it. Go start a podcast. Let me know when you want me as a guest. Jim in South Brunswick, you're up next here on The Fan. <laughs> oh, dude, that's clever. Hey, yo, this single-handedly made me miss sports radio.
I'm two years out, feeling great. Like, yo, friends, like, do you miss sports radio? I'm like, nah, I'm good. This moments like this made me miss. This is sports radio, man. These are the things that go viral, that bring attention to stations. People have built careers off of these type of calls. And both of them can go on the petty train. And she, look, I thought she handled herself very well. She handled herself very well initially. She had her points. She was stoked about Verlander. She was stoked about Serger, like every other Mets fan. And then, you know, you know, Danielle McCartan, host on the fan in New York. She was spot on. She stayed cool. Even when he was rambling and he was getting excited, she stayed level-headed. She stayed cool. She stuck to her point. I, I will say the value to the Mets lineup would be a little bit more. But it's probably a lot easier for him to produce when he's surrounded by Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, and a guy named Mookie Betts. That's a more comfortable lineup to hit in than to have to be dependent on for production. Like, the Dodgers were bringing him in to say, yo, whatever you give us is cool. Like, Justin Turner gave us, like, 240 last year, 250. Production slipped. If you can give us a little bit more than that, we're cool with it. And he's giving them 269 OPS, 926, slugging a 619, 11, uh, 11 walks, 16 home runs, which actually makes him third on the team in home runs. He's second on the team. No, he's first on the team of RBIs, but guess what? When you got Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts hitting in front of you, you're going to have people on base consistently. Would you have the same people on base if you were in the Mets lineup? That's he, would the production be the same? Because he, he is in an optimal position in that Dodgers lineup. He would not be in the same optimal position in the Mets lineup. He just wouldn't. He wouldn't. That's my only pushback. But I love the way she handled herself initially. The caller lost my respect when he came in defending Etler, the GM for the Mets, defending the moves, and then tried to slip in, I'm a Yankees fan. Dude, wait a minute. Mind your own business. Why are you talking about the affairs of the Mets? You're a Yankees fan. On the Yankees flagship state, what? I believe the fan is the Yankees flagship station. If I'm, it used to be. Maybe things have changed. Now, what are you talking about? Mind your business. Mind your business, my man. Try to slip that in on the fly. Oh, I'm just a Yankees fan. Okay, here we go. This, here we go. But then, look, I can't rock with you. Danielle, when you fell apart at the end and you allowed the emotions of the caller to really get to you and to kind of take you off your square. You did. 
right? And then you got away with from your strength, which were the facts. The facts were you had JD Martinez as a must get. You have the tape of it. Multiple shows. You talked about signing elderly pitchers in the dangers. Why? Because they can't show up. If you get them to the playoffs, yes, that's a heck of a one-two punch. But they're not available. They're not available. So you had a great argument. Great point. You allow someone to take you off your square. And that's when I had to put you right with Ralph the caller. And put you on the petty train. You and Ralph. Both of you guys. Petty train. Hey, Ralphie boy. <laughs> Only in New York, man. Only in New York. Lucky Nothing Podcast, great show. Uh, the show from yesterday is going up on podcast today. This show will go up tomorrow, right before we start our show. So it will be up at about 10 o'clock tomorrow a podcast, and then we will record tomorrow. Thursday, we will have Notre Dame great, Chicago Bear great, Paul Grasmanis, former defensive tackle. He's going to join us on a Lucky Nothing podcast. And then we're efforting to try to get Coach Reed on, who was on with Paul Feinbaum and had a great conversation with Paul Feinbaum. We're going to talk about that conversation and some other things Hopefully, we can get him at the end of the week. If not, we'll have him early next week. You know, that's our big bro in the program. So, for left and all the ice cream trucks out there and all the Marias driving through the neighborhoods, have yourself a fantastic Tuesday night. Wake up tomorrow morning. Lucky Lefty will be here for you and making sure that we spin it different. 